All right. Welcome to the Operations Mastery Podcast. I'm Nick Verity here with Morty Perlo. He is the COO of Aristocare. They have nine mental health, healthcare, skilled nursing, all sorts of facilities, mostly in New Jersey. And they're serving a ton of patients and residents, and we're excited to have him on. Thanks for having me. So Morty, can you brag a little bit about the size of the company that you're with and the patients and, and all of your services there? Sure. So bragging is easy for Aristocare. <laughs> I've been with Aristocare since 2011. And uh, I'll tell you why bragging is easy for multiple points. Um, one, it's one of the few companies that are in it for the right reasons. And that says a lot to me as the COO. And it, start, it starts from the top down, really the president and the founder of the company. They both are have started this company with heart and to make sure that the quality of care is a product that they are extremely proud of. So for me as COO and having the owner and founder as well as the president of the company, they have the right mindset, makes it that much easier, that much more proud to run such a company, which in turn turns out, you know, the quality of care, high patient care, low return to hospital rate and everything that we're expected to deliver. Uh, size doesn't matter in this case, but it does matter in regard to what we could deliver. So we are spread across the state of New Jersey, as you mentioned, mostly in central Jersey and a little bit in the southern Jersey. Um, but we have quite large facilities. Our average facility is larger than a typical New Jersey facility of 200 beds, but we range from 280 beds per facility down to 120, but primarily in the 200 range. Amazing. Can you talk a little bit about the business model um, not that it's about that. Like you said, it's about the people, the patients, the residents, but how does that work? So the business model is really it's reimbursed through insurance, whether long-term care is typically Medicaid or private paid, which is governed by the Medicaid governed by the state and matched by the federal government. Um, and there's requirements to be able to get Medicaid and get reimbursement from that. And for the short-term residents, and that's more extensive, they need more extensive care. That's typically an HMO or Medicare that they come into the facility. But for those short-term residents, it's more of a mini hospital, right? Mm -hmm. They're coming post the hospital stay, deconditioned. Hospitals want them out as quick as possible, free up the beds. Hospitals are overloaded. So we have to be able to do things that hospitals to do. Mm -hmm. So from as difficult as LVAD patients, it's just basically an external heart, right? To life-sustaining medications, like drips and uh, basic wound care, IV, um, and then going to the therapy realm of uh, PT, OT, speech, just a tremendous amount of responsibility to get someone up and better as quick as possible and ultimately get them home. That is our number one goal, but mm -hmm. get them home safe, that they don't have to come back to the hospital or to the facility. Yeah. And listen, the operation you guys run is very complex. It cannot be easy to work with these patients. You have nine different locations. You have tons of staff. Staffing is a big problem in, in the medical space. How do you, like, what does a sound good operation look like at a, at a clinic, a multi-site clinic like, like you guys? So that's a great question. We actually employ somebody that's very different on our corporate office that most companies don't have. It's director of workforce management. Typically people call their HR directors, director of workforce management, but this side director of workforce management specifically focuses on three things, on recruitment. So she is going from all corners of the earth to recruit staff. Literally, she's flying me out to Puerto Rico to get nurses in from Puerto Rico into New Jersey. 
Um, she herself went to the Philippines to get people there and going through the whole legal transition to get RNs in from the Philippines, as well as traveling nurses from all over the United States. So the responsibility mm -hmm. she has is tremendous, as well as working with each building to make sure that they're staffed accordingly. Now, it's also the training, right? So you also got to make sure you train your staff to make sure your staff doesn't turn over, doesn't want to run away, being treated respectfully, um, mm -hmm. and that they're treated correctly. So part of the training, and I know we discussed a little bit offline prior, of uh, some great training that we have for uh, dementia residents, right? For our long-term residents, there's certain residents that have dementia. And, you know, you got to train them of how to deal with those residents in or, or else they get burnt out it'll be too overwhelming, they'll have to leave. And that training we have is either become certified dementia practitioners through different associations and actually it's accredited training. And that goes not just for management staff, not just for the nurses, but also for the certified nurses aides. And we'll even offer it to housekeepers, maintenance, other staff members, anybody that can or touch a resident or interact with the resident, it's extremely important that they're trained to deal with them so they themselves feel proud about their job and they also feel proud about how to deal with them. You know. I'll give you a great story about one of our residents and how they so perfectly adapted their training into uh, dealing with the uh, demented residents. So we had a resident with dementia. It was actually our rehab director's father-in-law, which to me, I was always proud. If one of our staff members sent their family members to us, that, mean, that, that was my ultimate compliment. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate compliment. You entrust your loved one in our facility. And we had it so many times. And quite frankly, our owners put their loved ones in our facility. So that to me is the ultimate, it's the ultimate win as a COO. I'm doing a good job. That's great. So he came and, but anybody that he saw with um, with an Asian, Asian descent, he or they looked Asian, he stood up from his wheelchair and he couldn't really walk as a 6'3 imposing figure. And he slugged them, literally punched him in the face. And, you know, for staffs, they, they got scared. He's, he's a big guy. And it was it was a frightening, frightening moment. So our social workers, as well as our uh, nurse uh, nostalgia park program director, that's what we call our dementia unit nostalgia park. And she called the family in for a meeting. And in the meeting, they said, talk to us about this person. Let's go back. Let's go to the history. Tell us about him. What did he grow up? What did he used to do? What was his hobbies? Because maybe something in his history is triggering now. He went back in his mind to somewhere in history. Well, Turns out she brought up football. That wasn't a good example. Hopefully it wasn't anything to do with football. And then he brought up that this, her father-in-law and the, her husband's father was in Pearl Harbor when the bombing took place. And he reverted wow. back to, he was just bombed and he was fighting for his life. So a simple answer that our staff was trained is stand down. So in his soldier mind of 19 years old or however old he was then, he stood down. And it, it's just an amazing classic example. Granted, this is a, maybe a larger story, but there's tons of these tons of these stories of little knickknacks of how we really get to know the resident to make sure that our staff is trained to take care of them. And they're proud about it. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun day. Yeah. Incredible. Okay. Outside workforce management and things like that, what else is the most complicated part of operating you know, nine clinics of this size and all the patients and beds you serve, like what else are the most complicated parts of the operation? So it is quite complicated. It's one of the most, if not the most regulated industry in the United States. Mm. Um, as the Department of Health explained to me, 
you know, the most regulated industry is nuclear power plants and you guys are next, uh, which to me is like, okay, I hope nuclear power plants are more regulated than we are, but it is something that uh, we are very regulated. So there's the fine balance of, you know, adhering to the regulations, which is for the safety of the, of the residents and the patients that come and trust us in their care, to care for them. So, but it's a very loaded question because there's many different areas both in the financial, keeping it financially stable, the facility too, so you can provide that care. So there's, of course, those responsibilities. Staffing, as you mentioned, is, is the biggest buzzword in the United States right now. Find a nurse, grab them, pay them, and let, let's get them trained and making sure they stay. But it's keeping the same. For me, it's that mission statement of keeping what we set out to and keeping that the, all the way through. So it's a business. We recognize that. It's So you got to keep those operations. But for us, we're a hospital as well as a real estate company, right? We also have buildings to take care of. And today I was in a building literally this morning in the kitchen, a sprinkler a sprinkler busted um, as well as a pipe busted right above tray line. So there we got, we pivoted. We're about to serve lunch. The whole lunch, this is 1154. Lunch is about to go out. It's gone. Oh. There is no lunch. Uh, so what do you do? Uh, that was actually a 230 bed facility. And the residents are, we want our food. Well, they were treated to pizza. And then you have that one resident wheeling by me at 1230. Pizza came very quick, by the way. That was phenomenal the time for the pizza. Coming by me and saying, hey, I don't like pizza. Well, what's this pizza? And she went out for a smoke. And without batting an eyelash, the food service director turns to the administrator in the building. He's like, what else can we get them besides for pizza? And I, I love that. Like, thinking yeah. on your feet, think fast and this is 230 and they have to serve dinner soon also right they're they should be preparing dinner during lunchtime they're ready prepping dinner but they're pivoting and and you know working on a fast-paced life of as they say short-term and long-term care it's for me it's a blast uh but it it keeps everyone on their toes amazing You mentioned before this call, you had some growth. You, know, you started as regional director. I'm sure you were somewhere before that, like we all are. Um, what makes like a great COO in this world? How did you progress through the ranks? You know, who did you pay off? You know, what, what happened there? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, you know, I looked up for the payoff option. Unfortunately, I couldn't go that route. Uh, so I had to take the long, long treasure, treasureless road through, uh, administrator. Well, I started off as a nursing home administrator, um, got trained to become a nursing home administrator at actually Aristocare. So I was called the young buck from Whiting, um, the young guy. Um, and I was an administrator for six years there. And I had a real opportunity to become a regional administrator for a different uh, organization. And uh, I turned it down. I turned it down a few times. But the president of the company, which is something that says so much about him, that you're right, Thank you for turning it down. It says a lot about wanting to work for us, but this is a rare opportunity that we can't offer for you, offer you at this time. So take the position, go for it. And we'll, we'll, it's on loan. You'll come back. You know, that was a nice thing for him to say, but it's not necessarily something that I really thought into at the time. Well, a couple of years later, four short years later, uh, four short years later, he calls me and says, uh, time to come home. Mm-hmm. As uh, and during that period of time, I transitioned from regional administrator to COO of that company. So I came back as a COO of Aristocare, which to me is the it's a phenomenal and an honor and an opportunity. You know, starting as this is, was my original stumping grounds, but there's a reason why they wanted me to come back because of someone that grew up in their culture, 
and was born basically what when I came to this industry was born in their culture of the right way to do things. Amazing. Do you have any other blanket advice for operators, business owners, whatever, whether it's in your space or, or another? Blanket advice is difficult because in every single um, area, you could your advice could vary. But mm-hmm. I like to say very simple, keep it real. I had an administrator call me, someone I actually trained. I wanted to know they were dealing with something. It was a staff issue. And I said, keep it real. So she said, what do you mean? I said, you're, it was assistant director of nursing, director of nursing, got a new dog. You're a cat person. You're not a dog person. Ask them about that dog. Keep asking them about the dog until you actually care about that dog. Mm-hmm. So then you really connected with that person and you really connected with that staff member and they feel it. By just asking, just say, hey, how's, how's your day going? It's nothing more than, hey, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. But if you really stop for a moment and keeping it real, and it, that's on, it could work in staff, it could work in what meetings, and I say that all the time, make sure that your, your meetings are operational. You, it's not just a meeting just to have a meeting, but you're operationalizing this report, you're operationalizing this meeting. So everything is real and there's true content to it, they're not fluff. A lot of times, and you know, coming, in, coming back to this organization or to going to other, previous organizations or, or historically experienced the meeting. I said, what are we trying to accomplish out of this meeting? Half this meeting is just fluff. Let's, let's cut it in half, talk the brass tacks, and then we can move, uh, move to the next ta- task that we got to do. And let's, let's get cracking here. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. Keep it real. I, cause I, I say it the boring way I go, I take things really serious. So I'm like, I'm, I take your time seriously. So we're going to run this meeting. We're going to get to the point, you know? And Keep it real is a much nicer, cooler way of saying it. So I think I'm going to steal that. Okay. I should have found it real quick. Yeah. Well, hey, Morty, this has been a super great call. And we greatly appreciate you coming on. Um, Listeners don't know, but you've been driving this whole time. I'm just playing. I have been. That's a true story. (laughs) (laughs) But um, this has been a really valuable call, I think. And I think... Uh, Aristocare is lucky to have you and we appreciate you. Thank you so very much. It was a pleasure talking with you before the call and during the call as well.